0: Welcome back to the Gentle Counselor podcast. My name is Crystal and I support mums through their inner healing and parenting journeys. For those of you listening right now, this episode is a little bit different because back in October of 2021, it was World Mental Health Day and I had some wonderful friends join me over three days to talk all about mental health and motherhood at the Aussie Moms Mental Health Virtual Event. I hope you enjoyed these conversations which were recorded live at the Summit I'm also thrilled to let you know that we will be returning in 2022 and plan on making it even bigger and better. It may or may not involve a retreat. (laughs) Wherever you are right now, I hope these episodes find you when you truly need it. I would love to hear your feedback on these chats, so make sure you're connected with me on social media at The Gentle Counselor. If you'd like to receive an email once a month that is full of freebies, parenting tips, links to podcast episodes, beautiful affirmation screensavers and other goodies, make sure you are signed up to my email list. I hope you enjoy this chat. Hello everyone and welcome back to our Aussie Mums Mental Health Virtual Event. I am so excited to be here today with clinical psychologist, Sasha, and we're going to be talking all about why good enough parenting is perfect. When I saw the title for our chat, if you know me, you know me, how excited that that title made me. And I'm really keen to get into this conversation. I think it's an important one that we need to have. So if you're here joining us live, say hello in the comments so that we know you're with us. And if you have any questions along the way, pop them in the comments below because we can either answer them live or if you're watching this as a replay, we'll come back to the um, comments and chat with you and answer any questions there as well. So welcome, Sasha. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today.
1: Thank you, Crystal. Thank you for the opportunity. It's, uh, as we were just saying, it's so lovely to be able to connect and particularly for me with people that I've followed and looked up to in the online community and to be able to spend this time together and with your beautiful audience and community. Thank you. Yeah,
0: I love how we've built this nice little safe community here with all of us as well. So do you want to start off by telling us a bit about what you do and maybe how or why you got into clinical psychology?
1: Oh, yeah, that's a big one. So I might I might abbreviate it. Um, so, yep, I'm a clinical psychologist. Um, I have been for uh, oh, I got probably coming up to about 20 years, um, which I can't believe that I actually can say that that many years <laughs> under my belt now.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, I know.
1: All of my work, so I guess it, as you know, Crystal, it's quite a journey the process mm. of becoming um, a psychologist. Um, just in terms of me personally, and, and I probably wasn't aware of this at the time actually, and um, it's something I've reflected on in later years of my um, training and, and development, mm. and, and personally as a development as well is I think um, what has, has what drew me to the profession is that I am interested in people's stories and how mm. they've come to be where they're, they're at in life. Um, and yes, of course, I'm driven by trying to help people and um, support them in their, their journey. But fundamentally, I guess that comes through understanding, mm-hmm. and that's really my, I guess, the, the the basis of my practice as a clinical psychologist. Now is really un- helping people if they feel a bit lost in where they're at now, yeah, right. understanding how they've gotten to here, and then thinking about where to to next yeah um so yeah so worked in a range of different places and literal places and different you know private practice and government agencies um primarily aboriginal health has been my area of interest oh
0: wow that's great yeah for
1: all of my working life um that i not but but i i've now got four kids myself um so my i became a my eldest is is nine um and as it's i guess the case for all of us particularly in this community that was a Pretty massive transition mm. for me, mm-hmm. but to be honest, it's been a transition every every child um, that's come along. So much so that when my youngest, who's uh, not long two, when she was born, um, that's when I, I guess I uh, founded the Silverlining Collective. It was actually during my maternity leave. So again, oh, I know great. that that would be a fair, fairly similar story to lots of women that have gone mm. online where you start to think about. Um, not so much priorities but how to how to how to manage everything um, yeah. all the hats that are required yeah. of us as women these days and um, so looking for I guess more flexibility in my mm. in my work but uh, also um, a really you know strong desire to be able to contribute more directly into the space of perinatal mental health women's health family wellbeing which I've always done but just really bringing all that together mm. um, my clinical psychology practice
0: yeah I love that that's so great and I love how it's like in its simplest form it is listening to people's stories and supporting them through whatever it is that they're going through whatever challenges they bring to us and yeah I love how you just really simplified that It's, it's beautiful as well it's really important work and um and I think it brings in a different element when you start to go through it as well, especially, like you said, with that perinatal period, um, with maternal mental health, and then you're really, like, thrown into it yourself as well. And then you realize, ah, this is what everyone's been going through. Okay, yeah. I get it now. Yes. Yeah, it's really hard. I'm, like, drowning over here. <laughs> yes. And, yes. And then, like, for me as well, and I don't know if you feel the same way, it was kind of like, I also don't want people to feel um, like whether it was as alone or as down as I did like I I I love building this community here mm-hmm. where it's like we're here we see you we want to be here to like love on you and support you and um, yeah and, and I think even all the guest speakers that we've had I, I know everyone so well or most people as well or I've met people for the first time too so I think there's a lot of power in all of us coming together yes. um, but it is really important having that like-mindedness I think that makes a huge difference too because there's different challenges and and we'll get into a bit more especially with people who are following more of that gentle or attachment parenting um there are challenges in that as well which I think is why the title is so perfect about um why good enough parenting is perfect because we don't want to fall into thinking that we need to be perfect parents or perfect mothers um there's a lot of pressure in that and a lot to unpack in that So what are some of the common things that you've seen in your work um, that women seem to struggle with?
1: Um, Well, because as you know, this morning, I just it's just really fresh in my mind. So this morning I I had an in-person group, um, women's group um, locally to me. So a group of about 15, 20 women. We came together, uh, as you know, because it's World Mental Health Day and it's a a group I, I run monthly as well. And. It never ceases to amaze me, but it does every time, and my heart breaks every time as well. Um, This is sorry, it's a little bit of an aside directly to your question, but I guess the common one of the most striking and common themes that all most women present with is a really strong sense that when they are struggling, that they are the only ones that are struggling. Mm -hmm. Um, And and even more so to that, uh, I guess a perception, which I think is is still unfortunately uh, very pervasive in our community, that if you are struggling, that means mental illness. And I guess what I like to distinguish is particularly for us as mums wearing multiple hats and whatever hats they might be, Mm. is what I see in my practice is generally women that are overloaded. Yeah. Um, they yes, their mental health is struggling, but they're, it's not because they there's something wrong with them mm. or they're not doing. They don't have the magic toolkit or wand or trick up their sleeves in terms of managing life. Mm. It's generally because they are um, managing so much. Yeah. And my sense is is that there's only and I and and I say this not just from a health professional perspective, Crystal, but from my own lived experience yes. as yeah. well. Um, where I have all the knowledge under the sun when it comes to mental health, to child development, to parenting, um, education, and support, but I'm just as prone to flipping my lids and being overwhelmed. Mm. Um, and and what and that what and we'll get into this what that means for parenting as the next person. Mm. Um, and that's often a function of because I'm being put I'm and and we'll come to this as well my expectations of myself but the, the amount of stuff that we, that we manage as women. And, um, you know, there's a lot that's got to change mm. socially and, in, you know, gender equality and, and things of that kind that, that's way bigger than us. Yeah. But I think as individuals and through the collective of groups like this um, that we can, through the changes that we make within our own selves, within our relationships with our kids, within our family, we have the potential to, to make really big shifts mm. in, the, in the community.
0: Yeah. I love every single thing you just said then. And I think it's also adopting that um, like more of that trauma-informed approach that's becoming a bit um, more popularized, I guess, at the moment, which is really steering away from the medicalized version of mental health, which is very prominent in our society. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it also was really validating when I went to a like trauma-informed session with someone um, who I follow online and I thought I was the only one thinking, like, why are we diagnosing everyone with postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety? Like, is their partner actually crappy and just like literally not doing anything around the
1: house? Exactly.
0: (laughs) You know, like, we've got people that are literally drowning and we not we I shouldn't say we so then the thought process is to slap on a label or just throw medication at them and it's like how is that actually going to help though and yeah. for some sure for some I'm certain that like a diagnosis is needed and medication is needed but I think for most of us especially when so many people are finding it relatable like you said with the common experience where we feel like we're all alone and we're the only one struggling in this way it is it's time for us to look at it like, okay, there's clearly something going on and it's not us. Like, the common yes. denominator isn't us, the common denominator is the issue that we're having and yeah. we're all experiencing it. Um, and, like you said, it is a bigger picture, but I still hope that by having these conversations, we can sort of influence it in the direction that we're hoping to go towards, which is uh, being listened to for one, and then yeah. actually supported um, at like a government level as well. Like, there's so much yes. change that needs to come from it. Um, but having these conversations is still important. We can't unfortunately rely on change to happen. Um, We're definitely being a part of it, I think, which is great. And like you said, it's it's also having that community aspect where it's like that ripple effect as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think you're exactly right because we can't, I guess the proof is in the pudding. We can't rely on those external systems which Mm. are often set up and, work on the basis of the current situations that we are particularly in as women in terms mm. of the load that we carry for the community so I believe that we have to be the change and again yeah. I know it all sounds very corny and it, it is only small things but it's it's in through I guess our um yeah the the maybe you know the boundaries that we set or the mm. attitude that we adopt yeah. In, yeah um that that can make make the change but I guess sorry to come full circle to your question is I guess I do see a lot of women that struggle Mm. and it's a struggle with um, a whole lot of issues that they're carrying Mm. and of course yes there's our own individual stories as I said at the start that will influence our journey and our points of vulnerability Um, Mm. but also there is so much in the systems that don't support us yes that 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 increase our load and there's only so much that our nervous systems our our minds our Mm. brains and our body can can tolerate and Mm. uh yeah sorry i'm going on and i could talk about this no no
0: it's great because just um what you were saying at the end then about like our tolerance for things is that um, where we find it so quick and easy to adopt that mindset with our children, right? Like if you're following that gentle parenting approach, you find it really easy to be like, Oh yeah, like they're just that age they've experienced this thing that's like so big for them. And it makes sense in their world. Um, And I need to be there for them. I need to co-regulate, acknowledge their feelings, validate their experience, support them, just be with them and listen, um, not fix it or change it. And then we can't even do that to ourselves yeah and so a lot of the times when i'm talking to clients it is about okay you know how you do this gentle parenting thing okay now turn it around it's exactly. like you need to actually now start doing it to yourself yes um and also you need to do it to yourself because like we said like no no system is in place for that to be done for us necessarily um or at least not well enough because it's yeah. evident it's not well enough because we're all still struggling and drowning yeah. um and i think that also links into what you were saying before about expectations yeah. So let's talk a bit more about that. Like yep. like the what really is like the cause of our biggest stresses and um how that relates to yeah.
1: Yeah. Well I guess one, I guess again, it's a very, very um common concern and driving factor and I'll explain what I mean by that and and I know that you know this stuff but uh, a lot of women presenting really concerned with ultimately that yes they're concerned for themselves but they're concerned for their kids and and their family but narrowing in on their kids they're really concerned and this is across the the developmental lifespan. So whether I'm working with mums of new new bubs toddlers Mm -hmm. through to primary even even into you know teenage years is a concern. That's a really strong concern for the well being of their kids and their development. Mm. And um, I guess then, and 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 what I I think, and it's very similar to what you just said in terms of the context of us, you know, gentle parenting and thinking about our expectations of kids. Um, but coming back to thinking about what our kids actually really need for us in terms to optimize their development, mm. and what I see is that there's a lot of unrealistic expectations about what our kids truly need. And what that then does for us, particularly as mums, I believe, and not to say that dads don't have the same the same thoughts as well and, and motivations, but I believe there is a whole lot of you know obviously gender pressure around yeah. this as well, um, stereotypical pressure. So there's a, an expectation of that we need to be the perfect, as you said earlier, the perfect mother the perfect employee, the perfect business mm. owner or employer, the perfect uh, partner, mm. and this expectation of needing to do things to a certain level. And often that level is very undetermined um, or prescribed or definitive. It's very arbitrary, mm. particularly when it comes to our kids' development. And, uh, and I, again, I know that you know this stuff, but I think it's just so important. It's at the crux of good enough parenting is really thinking about what our kids need in order to grow up to be strong and resilient. That the the evidence, the science is unequivocal, equivocable. I always get stuck on that word. <laughs> <laughs> the evidence is very strong, let me just say it more simply. <laughs> that the thing that is most predictive of positive outcomes for our kids, regardless of their own individual temperament, biology, special needs mm-hmm. that they might they might have. The thing that is most um, predictive, predictive and protect, protective of their development is that they have a, a secure attachment relationship with at least one person.
0: Yeah.
1: So that's not going to mean that if they have that relationship that they're not going to encounter problems or difficulties mm-hmm. and challenges mm-hmm. in life. It will just mean that they have, su- have a strong foundation to be able to navigate yes. those challenges, navigate them in being able to manage their emotions in, in, in challenging situations, whether that be in relationship with others, with peers, with bullying, um, in terms of uh, when they come across a challenge in, in, in learning, for the, you know, in school mm. environment, um, through to later years of life in terms of, uh, I guess, field, building up the skills and, a, and ability to be able to navigate really important developmental transitions, say, into adolescence, into young adulthood and similarly across mm. you know, across the lifespan. So that coming back to that, what kids need is, is at least one person that they're securely, that they have a secure attachment relationship with. And, again, I know that you know this stuff, but I think it's so many people are surprised by it, but what, what actually makes up, um, what enables a secure attachment. Yeah. And it's certainly not being a perfect parent mm. in whatever idea that you have. Yes. Um, that what our kids need to know is that they, are, um, they have the security of us Um, Backing them to be able to go out and explore the world, Um, that they've got us there holding them, being with them when they need to come back Mm. in, whether they're upset and distressed and they need comfort, or they just want to share something really fantastic with us. Um, So if we can just show up for them in a reliable enough way, and that reliable enough way, particularly in the early years when these relationship this relationship template is established, is only about thirty percent of the time that Mm. you've got to meet your kid's needs. For support, for for um to be there to help them go out in the world or or support them when they come back, mm. we only have to get that I guess equation right about thirty percent of the time, mm. which which allows a huge degree uh, degree or room for error. Yeah. <laughs> and, by error, I guess the errors are that from a simple thing where you're wanting to have a shower and your little one wants to come in with you, or is maybe even too little and is in a in the bouncer outside of the shower door, and is crying. Um, that could be considered part of the sixty percent, seventy percent where we're not meeting our kids' emotional needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's and and so that's a really small example to when yeah. we're maybe cooking dinner when we're. Uh, you know we're we're distracted little one wants to be picked up and Mm. we can't immediately Mm. meet their needs for emotional um holding and Mm. and siblings siblings parents of multiples you know yeah yes I'm I'm a case in point with that that I've got four and they're very close in age and so there's limits to and there's differences from what Mm. my firstborn had to what my my youngest had in terms of time and availability yeah so those I guess those uh, and, and I just want to talk to one other point in that realm of when we when we might not meet our kids' needs is, I guess, and again, I know you know these terms of that can be considered a rupture. So actually mm-hmm. a child is wanting to communicate and need something from us and we're not able to immediately meet that emotional need. Mm. So that can also occur when we as a parent or mum um uh, can see that there's a need but maybe that needs overwhelming maybe all mm-hmm. the kids claw, are crying and claw, clawing at you all at once is too much mm-hmm. the morning has been too much and, and I'm, I'm I'm using these examples from my own experience I can relate as well <laughs> you know, I'm in the car in the morning after the morning routine and I flip my lid I'm like guys what is going on and mm-hmm. I yell and I threaten and I cry at times So in those moments, not only am I not being there for my kids, but I'm probably being a bit scary Mm -hmm. at the same time to them. Um, I hope—I don't know that you would know this, Crystal, but the 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 other women online. I hope that um, they—I know to be fairly true—that hopefully that experience resonates, that you'll Mm -hmm. hear yourself in those experiences, Mm. and that's okay. And the reason it's okay um, is. So there's a number of threads. So I know this can sound a bit convoluted, but I will get to so make it. make. No, um, you're doing wonderfully. You're doing wonderfully. <laughs> um, is that in those moments where we flip our lids with our kids, where we can't meet their needs, there's a rupture. Um, if, we're, if we're able to generally be able to acknowledge that something's happened, that we've either flipped our lids and we're not being our, I guess, our, that we're not living in alignment or acting mm-hmm. in alignment with what, how we want to be as a parent, um, or we just simply haven't been able to meet our kids' needs in that moment. Is if we can acknowledge that, just by literally saying, "I'm really sorry that I flipped my lid." You know, Mummy um, was really, really overwhelmed this morning, and I just couldn't take those emotions in my in my body, and they came out through my mouth. <laughs> something yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Or, for the example, when you're in the shower and the little one's on the floor and is distressed, you'd be talking her through that in the moment. Mummy, yeah. just have a shower, and I'll pick you up in a, just in two minutes. So what we're doing in that conversation is we're repairing. Mm. We're acknowledging that something's gone a bit um, awry um, and we're repairing it. We're closing the loop on what's probably been a little bit distressing for our little person, whether it be an infant or in my case, my primary school age kids, when I flipped my lid at them Mm. or I flipped my lid and it's been directed at them um, where they are. Yes, there's been some heightened emotion for them, but we've been able to help soothe them and contain that emotion. Mm, mm. The two things that they're learning in that is, is, number one, that they can experience a degree of elevation in emotion and that it can be soothed and it can be regulated. Yeah, And over time, that's what creates emotion regulation for mm. all of us is through the containment, the security that we provide and stuffing up essentially our mm. kids learn to be able to take on some of that for mm. themselves. It has to happen. In an age appropriate time yeah. In a way. Yeah. yeah.
0: Like like essentially when you think about it, ruptures have to happen. Yeah. Because otherwise you don't develop the co-regulation or the self-regulation skills because then there's no opportunity for that to happen. Yeah, but That's unrealistic anyway because things are always going to happen. Yes. You know, things can't be perfect all the time. You cannot be happy all the time. Yeah. And to think that you could be or that it's your responsibility to keep everyone calm and happy all the time is, is setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. Um, and that is what leads to that negative self-talk because you've set this unrealistic bar. And either and when I say you've set, I mean there's a lot of factors that go into why we even feel the need that there needs to be this magic bar. Um, And that's something that I noticed as well, a lot in the gentle parenting community. And I, and I've talked about this before if anyone's watching familiar with my work and that's why I created the gentle counselor is because here I was doing all the things right with the attachment and gentle parenting. And then I'm still left feeling depleted and awful. And I'm like, okay, I'm not okay. So yeah what about me? What about my needs? And that's what led me into the work that I do. And I hope that by us having these conversations and being honest, saying like, hey, and if anyone's watching as professionals, you also know how much even more pressure I think we feel because we've got all the textbook knowledge that we feel even more that we should be doing it right and perfectly all the time. But to be honest, we're human as well. Yeah, We have really crap hard days as well. Our kids are chucking tantrums, left, right and center, just like yours are. We are getting overwhelmed. We are losing it. Yeah. Um, I like yell. That's like, my, like I, yeah. that's my trigger point. Um, again, though, when I'm talking with clients about this, it's, but that's also a red flag pointing you to something going on in you that needs to be addressed as well. Yes. So for me, that also comes to me uh, like a big trigger of mine is that I've never felt heard. So that's part of like my childhood trauma. So yeah, yeah. well done having kids because sure, they, they don't listen to you a lot. So here <laughs> I am being triggered all the time of not being heard. That's one yes. of them, right? But also even thinking about, which I love Circle of Security for, um, when you explore the emotions that your parents were able to be with or not be with you. So yeah. for me, like anger was never accepted. Yeah. So then it makes sense when you're able to see things like that, like, oh, I didn't even learn how to be with my own anger because no one else could be with my anger. Yes. So how on earth was I expected to be able to do that as a child? And then again, you go through life, no one doing that co-regulation with you. Yeah. Then you have your kids that are constantly triggering you. Um, so essentially you're trying to parent yourself at the same time as you're parenting them. and. And that's why it feels messy because it is, it's, it's hard and it's constant and it's forever changing and adapting, whether it's because you're having more than one kid or just as they get older and they go through those different stages in life Um, at no point, I think, should we ever expect ourselves to feel like, Oh, I'm nailing this all the time. Now. I think it's good to get to a point where you feel like I made mistakes today and I was able to handle myself during or after and I feel good about the decisions I made following that, which yes. would be doing that repair talk, like apologizing to your kids, which would be um, doing your own self-regulation or co-regulation with your partner um, or a therapist or someone like that. And then bringing in some of those like self-care activities that we talk about a lot, like the real self-care, not the frivolous stuff. So I think that is the goal yeah. to know that you're able to do those things. I think yeah. that is what the whole concept, I guess, of good enough parenting is too. Yeah.
1: And I just want to really stress because I think it's so important, particularly for the non-professional people that are, that are listening, um, Crystal, is, and I, I said it in my introduction, but I, yes, I have, you know, years of experience, clinical experience and training and, and knowledge and, and um, particularly in this space, but that mm-hmm. does not make me immune to everything that we've yeah. just talked about. Yeah. And I really want to stress that because it even came up at, at, in, in the group, and it comes up every time, and it comes up in, in my individual, one, you know, face-to-face work or one-to-one work. Is there is that expectation that other people aren't doing this, that aren't people, mm. other people aren't really simply aren't losing their shit mm. because because of all the reasons that you just said? It is really hard work. Like even if you just said what you just said there a moment ago about working on your own experience and Mm. what's triggering in your relationship with your kids based on your history, that piece of work in itself is huge and is hard and is messy, all the words that you said, Mm. because you're rewiring your own neural pathways and and nervous system. But we don't live in that isolation of of Mm. just managing those. Then there's the rest of life around that and in between that as well in terms of all the other pressures and things that we're trying to juggle which on a nervous system level elevates us Mm. again we talk about this in the context of our kids our kids being dysregulated but we need to look at ourselves as well so that in a concept that i come back to is where are we in terms of our window of tolerance yes are we in that hyper arousal state where we're go go we're really really up there we're at the ragey panicky Mm. overwhelmed with emotion state or we're down the bottom where we're like this is all too hard I've been banging my head against a brick wall and I'm not getting anywhere either in terms of the changes that I'm wanting to make or the support that I need and I'm not getting it and I'm just I feel hopeless and overwhelmed and shut down Mm. so we need to I guess it's it's like exactly what you said a few moments ago crystal is the same kindness and compassion yeah. with which we think about our kids and we mm. can do that generally pretty well mm. for ourselves um, in that moment where are we landing and um, once we acknowledge that and again knowing that we'll do and say things in those zones either mm. hyper or hypo so hypo would be you know screening on your phone and like yep do whatever you want, guys. <laughs> yeah. And there's, again, there's nothing wrong with any of those things. It's 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 again, it's all about the the, the frequency and the intensity. Yes. And the yes. You know, we all we all need to do those things in, mm. in to survive. Acknowledge where you're at, and much like you said, then engage some sort of process of self reflection. Ideally, in the moment, or it might be at the end of the end of the day, which is generally when my yeah. Heart
0: comes. Yeah.
1: And and I, I always do this in, in intuitively, just you know, putting our hands on our hearts mm. and knowing that we were doing the best that we could and that we um, will try again the next day mm. and the next day after that. And no one, I believe, no one has this sorted. <laughs> no one, no generation of women is experiencing what we are in terms of this generation. And that could be said for all generations before and all generations to come. Yeah, our situation is what it is, and we are. Um, I think, particularly if you are trying to adopt a, a more gentle approach to parenting, mm. um, you you there, there are so many layers and levels of that mm. <laughs> that yes. we're juggling, and that's hard. And that again, it comes back to expectations. I just want to be really explicit around that. I think yeah. in terms of our own mental health and well-being is wherever we can be trying to shift our expectation and lower expectations yeah so that ourselves.
0: they're not yeah it's like thinking okay what 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 am I trying to meet right now like when you know those moments where you're telling yourself all the shoulds I, I sell I tell people if you're saying something that's like I should be doing this pay attention to that because should is a key word in there so yeah. who said what standard are you actually living up to? Um, has someone said it to you? Did you read it in a book? Did, you, did it come from you? But then where did it come from you? Is this from your parents? Is this from an Instagram post comparing yourself to your friend? And really thinking, is this unrealistic? Is this unhelpful? Yeah. Most of the times it's probably going to be one of those actually. <laughs> and
1: probably both. <laughs> yeah,
0: and both. Yeah. Because yep. yep. <laughs> no good yep. is going to come from that. It's not going to help if you're blaming yourself. Yes. Change doesn't come from blame. You're just going to keep beating yourself up and and seeing yourself in that negative light. And at the simplest form of it, I, I encourage people to talk to yourself like you would your best friend.
1: Yeah. It's so much easier. And I'm very similar in, in my philosophy too, Crystal. And I, again, just to make that explicit, what you said, just to flesh that out a bit more. So once we're in that state where we have flipped our lids and we've acted um, in that in that rupture state where we've, yes. we've said or done something that we that we don't want to, or it's not Mm. aligned with our values. The most important thing we can do in that moment is just to, to, I guess, to be able to to breathe, number one, and acknowledge that that's what's happened and engage that repair process. Mm. And then talk to ourselves differently about that and know that the very, again, so much as there's so many layers to this, what I'm going to say next, is we will drop into guilt. We will drop into blame in those moments you know, look what a, what a shitty mum I am, look what a crappy mum that I am, mm. my kids, are, you know, I'm damaging them for life, you know, mm. all that sort of stuff. Those thoughts in themselves are further going to either ramp up our nervous system in terms yes. of us feeling stressed and anxious and or they're going to further fuel um, uh, feelings and thoughts of hopelessness and mm. helplessness. Mm. And none of those things are helpful at mm. all. They, they very much trigger a downward spiral and or snowball yeah. into low mood, um, feeling no energy, lack of motivation, or they might fuel us the other way. I've got to keep doing more and I've got to be on and I've got to be mm. perfect. Yeah. Not, again, not, again, it's all about then further pressure. So mm. I, I hope from this conversation, um, and again, it, it is messy because we're, there's so many layers and intricacies to this. So I think... Yes my sort of process for myself and then one that I share with my clients is I guess it's using those moments where we have flipped our lids in whatever way that that looks. <laughs> so it might be into, into, into rage, into, into anxiety, into emotional overwhelm or to shut down. Mm. First step is regulation, as mm. we would for our kids. Yeah, <laughs> We stay with our kids. We connect and, and, and we regulate before we try and correct or do anything else. Mm. So we okay. need to put our lids back on through a few breaths, hand on heart, all the things, you know, we know all the things. And then think about what we're saying to ourselves in that moment and just noticing that, okay, I'm having, here I go again. I'm having I'm, 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 my expectations there. The shoulds are coming into play again. Mm. I'm, I'm playing my I'm not good enough story again. And that's mm. all it has to be in that moment I'm talking about.
0: Yeah.
1: And that will then help try and circumvent that, that spiral into further negative or unhelpful talking mm. continue to regulate ourselves and then think about well, what do I need to do next and generally if it's in the context of parenting it'll probably be in, in, in to, a, to attending to one of, to our kids needs or mm. doing that repair process um, maybe it's wiping a bottom or <laughs> drying a child <laughs> you know it'll, there'll be some action that we have to do mm. so in that moment we might not be able to do that deeper reflection yes but we can do that, like you said, in a safe space for ourselves, you know, mm. you know journaling our reflection process individually with our friends, with our community in the therapeutic, mm. therapeutic space. Um, yeah, so I, I think for me what's really critical is that we catch those moments where we have flipped, mm-hmm. regulate in that moment, um, try and disengage from those or unhook from that cycle of getting into blame and guilt mm. and beating ourselves up come back to now, do what we need to do and then we can do the deeper work, In you know, yeah. at a time where it's safe. Yeah, and
0: I think that's really important because I think a lot of people um, have the expectation that, oh, I should, be able to, I should be able to deal with it here and now. Yeah. And it's like but when you're dysregulated, you're actually not capable of doing that just like we know that with our kids. So it's okay to take the time and the space until you can finally do that. Um, Whether it's later that night, whether it's the next day, whether it's the week or the month, because if you're doing it with a professional, for example, sometimes your appointment, your appointment always happens when you're happy. And when something hasn't happened, that's happened to me so many times with my therapist. Um, So sometimes you have to save those things for later. And there's nothing wrong with that because your intention is to reflect and make observations and make changes from that. Yes. and intention is very important your intention yes. wasn't to be a bad mom your intention wasn't to yell you didn't go in going I'm going to yell at the kids all day today yeah, <laughs> yeah woohoo I love <laughs> so I think that's like really key to understanding what's actually going on for you as well because yeah. kindness and self-compassion is really key here mm-hmm. we find it so easy to do for our kids and everyone yeah. else yeah and we're last on our list so it's yeah. about um getting into that uncomfortable groove of learning how to do that for yourself and showing yourself that self-compassion and the kindness that you deserve.
1: Yes. And you deserve it. And, um, you know, all other members of our family and community and society aside, you deserve that in terms of your own well Um, but I know again, from a lot of the, the yarns that I have with women is that, um, that we're still motivated by the well-being of our kids as well so if mm. you if you're in that space which is not no criticism and I'm still in that space myself at times is even coming it from the perspective of our kids that mm. um, us looking after our mental health and our own well-being and I, and I I really struggle with even sometimes even saying mental health it is obviously mental health but our emotion regulation capacity yes. our ability to problem solve ability to regulate ourselves mm. Um, it's not a luxury. It's, it's not, uh... Yeah, and I guess it, it buys into a lot of this, the sort of the easy stuff around self care. Mm. Um, but it, it's actually imperative to the well being of our kids. Yeah. With all those aspects that we've talked about now, that in order to be able to be emotionally available and meet their needs at least thirty percent of the time, mm. you need to be able to look after you, to be regulated yourself. Now, not one hundred percent of the time, of course, mm. that's what we're just saying. But I think just to have that a, a little bit more fuel and motivation there. Mm. That it's not just an aside at the end of the day that you do your journaling, <laughs> that it's that it, that it's a really important practice mm. for your well-being, but for the well-being of your kids and your family as well. Yeah,
0: yeah just to alleviate some of that pressure. Just yeah. to even I just felt it from my shoulders just then, think really thinking about putting myself into that frame of mind. You just kind of feel that weight come off a little bit and you're like, okay, I can breathe a little bit more now. Like I don't need to live up to this constant expectation of a hundred percent yes whatever that
1: is <laughs> whoever so set that this, goal, <laughs> exactly and and you you spoke to this but again to make it explicit crystal in terms of that process and what we're teaching our kids not only are we helping them to regulate in that co-regulation process in that moment but we're also um, setting to them a very realistic example of what it yes. means to be a human being yes. <laughs> all the things that you said that we're not nobody is perfect mm. Nobody. they need to know to that about they mm-hmm. need to know that and that mm-hmm. you can stuff up that you can make a, a mistake that you can you can flip your lid mm-hmm. and you can repair and, and this is
0: how that's... you move through that yes. showing them how to do it as well
1: that's yeah. right yes showing your own process mm. in that moment um and again i, I must preface that i'm oh, not preface i can't think of the word so i'm just going to say it we must be mindful again it's not it's not flipping our lid willy-nilly and into Mm -hmm. ways that are harmful in a particularly repetitive way for our kids if that if that's happening again that's i guess another red flag as you said earlier that okay i really might need some support in understanding what's going on why i'm so um so triggered around this particular behavior Mm -hmm. Or experience um, and again but still in that space of that you're being triggered there's something there it's not something wrong with you mm. or that you're flawed or that you you uh, yeah that you're a bad person essentially mm. yeah there will be there will be a reason for that and sometimes it needs a little bit of support yes. to again understand the story um, that has led to that yeah. of vulnerability vulnerability
0: yeah, I really appreciate you highlighting that. I think that's a very important factor to distinguish that what we're talking about is general day-to-day stuff, not, not more severe things of, like, neglect or abuse, yeah. especially. Um, and, and sometimes it's even below that as well. If it's, like, repetitive and almost every day and you really feel like you can't at all get a grasp on it then that is definitely where, yeah, it is a great idea to reach out to yes. um, a professional especially um, and get that support that, yeah. that you deserve access to as well. So I'm just aware of wrapping up our chat, but I, I wanted to check with you first, Sasha, if there's anything else um, that you were wanting to share with us before we finish our conversation today.
1: Yeah. Um. Not quite sure, Crystal. I hope we, I've met the brief. I guess this is. I, I
0: feel like we've um, <laughs> talked a, a lot. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Good.
1: Um, yeah, just I guess my my main my main thing is probably that for that for the for all the women online that you're not alone. Mm. You're not alone in your experience. there um, there is no magic solution to or answer or. Um, formula to managing Mm. life i guess but but knowing that i guess it's coming back to the core principles what's what our kids need the most Mm. um in terms, what's going to maximize their development which is generally what we're all about doing is and and that we don't have to be perfect we actually shouldn't be perfect that's Mm. actually not helpful because yeah that can
0: be problematic too actually
1: (laughs) well hugely problematic because as as you said before you you don't then learn the skills that you need to navigate life as Mm. independent relatively independent person um you you, but you learn that through the safety and security yes of of that one relation at least one relationship or more if you're lucky yeah Um, so yeah I just really want to say that you're not alone and um and and that there's so much support available Mm -hmm, too and on that note actually
0: can you please tell everyone where they can find more of you if they want to follow along on social media or, or check out your services
1: Yep, thank you, Crystal. Um, yes, yeah, so Silverlining Collective is my uh, business, and you can find me under that on Facebook and um, Instagram. Um, and my website's the same, the silverlining collective.com.au. Um, I am based in Brisbane and I do face one-to-one work here. Um, and, and I do some telehealth as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do, which is probably particularly again for the local people. Um, I, I am running monthly women's groups where we just come together and sit and just share experience. And I, I found that found that to be so powerful in yeah. challenging a lot of these uh, stereotypes and stigmas that and and um, yeah, uh, things. Sorry, I lost my lost my word finding ability. <laughs> things. <laughs> they're really helpful yeah yes Um, (laughs) yes. as as you know in terms of both online and in-person community I think Mm. is is so so powerful and so so valuable
0: Mm. and Um, when Sasha and I were chatting before we started recording you were mentioning how you have just finished a course I believe you said so do you want to share a bit about that as well
1: Yes, it's, uh, it's probably, um, it, well, it really is an extension of everything that we've yarned about. So I've put together um, some a number of videos, which really are the core content, these pieces that I find myself talking to over and over. Again, mm-hmm, I'm not saying mm-hmm. that in a bad way. I'm, not, I'm more than happy to have these conversations to normalize our experience, yes. understanding our own neurobiology and the history of that. Um, trying to optimize our being in our window of tolerance Mm. so that we've got some room for error there to be able to do the to navigate the stresses of of motherhood and and parenthood and life Um, and just and diving a little bit deeper into some of the ideas around the power of our thoughts and how how we can respond to our thoughts to to, to not drop into those places of of blame and, and guilt and which can lead to you know more other sorts of emotional experiences yeah um so yeah so that's a that's a that's a free offering that i have available so if, um if you follow me on those groups or send me an email through my through my website or dm i can shoot the link to that perfect amazing thank you so much again sasha for taking the time to chat with us today thank you for having me crystal and for this amazing event like i know it must be so full on. You've been on for three days. I'm very now. grateful for my for
0: my team member Sarah yes, who's done so Sarah. much behind the scenes. It's yes, she's, yeah. Couldn't have done this without it. But thank you so much.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Bye, everybody.